Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon. Brandon Wound Pickups. Brandon is hot tonight. (laughs) Hey, everybody, this is Todd Novak. We are super happy to have you along with us for this ride of the Guitar Knobs podcast, the podcast where we feature boutique builders of guitars, amps, pedals, and other guitar ephemera. And occasionally, we have something awesome and someone awesome who is a contributor to that world in a different way, such as a musician. Today in our studio, we have... Jeff Schroeder of the Smashing Pumpkins. And... And Drew Foppy Tech for Jeff Schroeder of the Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yes, so we are super duper excited. Uh, wherever you're listening from, uh, we hope that you hang out for the whole show. Uh, we know you probably will because it's good stuff. Make sure if you can, check us out on Spotify because we are there now and we want to drive our numbers up. I also want to make a quick call out wherever you're listening uh, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on iTunes, or whatever. Uh, if you could give us a good rating, I would greatly appreciate it because it drives our numbers up and it makes it aware to those who may not see it at first glance, which gets more people involved in the show, which means more people are contributing on Facebook groups and whatnot. So you're, you're helping to build the community when you give us a good rating. I'll put it like that. How about that? That's beautiful. You like that? All right. Positivity uh, and positivity is a good thing in this yeah, day. And it age, is. So. It is. Let's. Uh, uh, and if you have a gripe, just send me an email. Don't no, 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 no. <laughs> send it on the back of a twenty dollar bill. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's a good. Yeah. That's a great line. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. How many twenties have you got? <laughs> oh, many. Oh, yeah. Big stack. Yeah. Yeah. He's a he's a repeat offender. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, anyways, I think that's it for uh, just any kind of brief news. Um, we're just going to get rolling right in this. We've got a really awesome show. We've got two four on the floors. I'm super excited. Wow. And uh, our interview, and of course, a Would You Rather at the end. So let's get to it. Tony, what's going on in music world this week? My music world this week, there's many things going on, but I would like to mention that today is Leo Fender's birthday. Mm-hmm. Aha. Ah, Probably cool. the most cool. important man in the world of guitars. Uh, had he been alive, he would be 109 years old today. Ooh. So, a toast to Leo. Cheers. Cheers. Bonchkin. And all the other things. Kampai. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's happening in my yeah. world this week. Beautiful. Okay. Jared. Not too long ago, I went up to Toledo and stayed at some friend's house. And uh, the next morning, I woke up and went over to the Reverend Guitar Place where they, you know, yeah. Set up all the guitars and yeah, they yeah. send them out from there and right and uh, got a little tour from uh, Ken and uh, really nice really nice fellow. I, it was it was a great time. You guys we, hung out quite a bit at Nam. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and uh, we we all did with Joe and yeah, we had a good time. But uh, yeah, I went there and and that, Joe and Neil are trying to get him on. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he showed me around. Really nice, clean. Um, you know, facility and everything. And I said, yeah, I, I want to buy that guitar. I was showing you that I wanted at NIM. So I got the guitar and now that I have it and I've got some time, I'm going to mess with it. Which one did you get? 
Uh, I got the six gun. The six gun, yeah, yeah. It's a baby blue with uh, a mint, wh- mint green garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell you strategy. I have one. I have a six gun. I own, I own a six gun. I love the with yeah. the maple, the roasted uh, maple fretboard. See, I have an earlier one. They didn't have roasted necks when I bought mine. Okay. But old yeah, but well, yeah. we know a guy. We can get <laughs> yeah. you a roasted. I, yeah, <laughs> Ken. Ken. So <laughs> I just saw him. He just I saw him a few days ago. Yeah, yeah in Detroit. Yeah, we. Uh, I I took the guitar over to Tony's shop, and we made I don't know three or four pick guards. Well, officially three, but a fourth one was my mistake. So. But uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna mess with all these different pickup configurations and. I even uh, have a, a rail hammer pickup that I'm probably going to test as well, because you know, being it being a reverend, yeah, well, I think it would do you it justice. You want to describe what a rail hammer pickup is? We did that uh, a we'll few episodes ago, but do the again. rail the rail hammer, the uh, the smaller strings uh, on your guitar, they have these. I think they're about a quarter inch magnet for each string, mm-hmm. and then your. Uh, so it's like a cross between a hot rail. It's yep, it's it's half a hot rail, yeah. half a. I might have pickup. this backwards. Yeah, no, you got it right. No, that's correct. Oh, okay, okay, and that's then the correct. other, and then the larger strings have the rails, right? Yep. Yeah. So they're it's split, and uh, that's to tighten up the lows and and uh, accentuate the highs. Yeah. Basically, it's a really cool design. Joe did a great great job, and and uh, I'm impressed with that. So instead of me cloning it. I'm just. I just want one of Joe's. Yeah, actually, yeah. I'm using two guitars on this tour with rail hammers yeah. for that very reason. To, um, for it just with, and we'll get into it later when we talk about other things. But they they actually really do work as they are uh, said to be. You yeah, know, they, 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 it's a great design. I'm I'm really curious. I, I kind of <clears throat> want to throw one in in one of mine. Well, I want to pay the guitar respect and. Yeah. Have that and, and definitely put that pickup. Yeah, in. Joe is Joe Naylor is a you know an unsung hero. I mean, he should be, really get more respect in the industry than he than he does. He really knows what he's doing, mm-hmm. yeah. and a super nice guy. Oh, he's yeah. a great guy. Him and yeah, they're he's a great guy. Yeah, him and Ken are both awesome. I mean, actually, everybody at Reverend is you know um, Ken's wife Penny is great, and mm-hmm. Zach that works there. I mean, everybody I've met. At Reverend has just been fantastic. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited. I get to put. <clears throat> so wait, you, you made a bunch of pickguards. Which one are you going with? Pick Guardians. I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who made those again? Pick yeah. Guardian. <laughs> one more time. I don't yeah, think okay. they heard you. All right. All pick right, Guardian. All right. Pick Guardian. <laughs> okay. Pick Guardian. So, no, uh, we did. We did a, an HH uh, format, and we did a. a he, a Jared has some uh, split lipsticks. core lipsticks. Yeah. Um, that uh, we did a guard, so he's going to do three of those. And the the one he has has a Telecaster bridge pickup, mm-hmm. so he just came up with a, a Telecaster lipstick pickup. Yeah, it's it's really hot. I mean, it's like hot as in wow, this is cool. Hot or hot? It's about eight k. It's both for <laughs> it's hot the techies out there that know what I'm talking about. Okay, I'm, but I'm you know, you add that <laughs> you had that brass, you know, ferrous base to it, and it just. You know, it, it basically does what a telly does. It just yeah, yeah, winds the the uh, cool man flux. Yeah, flux capacity. Awesome. That's right. Drew. <clears throat> well, this week in music. Um, <laughs> so Orange Amps uh, just made their first camo cabinets. Um, I don't know if you've seen it on their Instagram page, but they're 
first picture they posted was uh, two two twelve cabinets, and those are going to Stephen Carpenter of Deftones. In Whoa! In camouflage. Oh, wow. Interesting. However, is it orange camo? No, it is. It's it's the dirty green camo. It's okay. got like the fake dirt on it and stuff. It's pretty cool camo color, but. I did make Stefan the first camo cabinets he has. Really? And, ah. and they are the gray camo. So I made him ah. 412s, but he's been asking Orange for a really long time to do camos, and they finally got the, the supply in to do it. So I don't know if they're doing a limited edition or even if I'm supposed to be talking about it, but I saw it online, so I'm talking about it. I'm are, sorry, Orange are and those Alex. I'm sorry. fabric or is it no, Tolex? It is Tolex. Um, okay. It has the uh, standard orange grill, and it's just the green, dirty camo Tolex. Nice. Um, you can play it out in the woods, and no one will know where yeah, the sound's coming. Like, I can't yeah. even see them. They're like, where are those cabinets? I see grills. That's it. Like, are those so. guns or speakers? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's cool. So, but yeah, that, I thought that was a pretty cool thing of Orange to do. They, um, they always do some cool colors. Um, I've had work for a bunch of bands that we do weird, random colors, and like they did like purples for Madonna, then the white, and then they make white black. You know, they'll do pretty much any custom shop color that you want. Mm-hmm. Just take, take some time, and uh, the the camo is definitely a special thing for Stefan. So, yeah. is yeah. it is it like a is it a modern camo like a or is it? It, it, throwback it, to like old camo. It is it is more of a modern camo. Um, what is modern camo? <laughs> There's a it's, couple it's different It's more kinds. digital it, type. It, well, it's, well that, it's not the digital version. The, the digital one's just the pixels, right, like a, right. like an 8-bit pixel yeah. camo. Um, that's all that was available for a little bit. And then Marshall made um, the green camo. Uh, uh, the old vietnam type. It, r- yeah. Right, but they had... Um, they had bought pretty much the whole world supply of it because <laughs> they did a limited edition of the MG series or, or and a bunch of stuff. That's in smart business. Yeah, so that was hard to find. And then I, when when I was asked to make some cabinets, I couldn't find any green uh, green camo. So um, I found this um, other camo. It was called um, what was it uh, Gray Taco? Is the name of the camo? Mm. And um, yeah, it's weird. It's black, <laughs> and, it's black, white, and gray, But I was just right? like, ah, tacos, it can't be bad, right? right. So <laughs> we went with it, and I uh, know it turned out great. But, um, yeah, the, the camo orange used, uh, you, you can check out their Instagram page, uh, Orange Amps. Um, but it has, um, yeah, they're, they're pretty cool. They, they have next to some black ones. And, and But I thought that was pretty interesting that they, they finally did it. And, and you know, hopefully they do some more custom shop you know, offerings for public and, and artists cool. and stuff yeah, like that. That's really so, cool. Some that people haven't really ever seen from them. And uh, I never would have thought in a million. Are they years. Uh, vertical two twelve? These are the mm-hmm. no, they're horizontal. the horizontal okay. two twelve standard right. PPC two twelves. I um, like. I'm I'm personally a fan of the vertical two twelve. Just you know. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Tom. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. <laughs> we'll put you down for one of those. you know everybody asks. <laughs> What's your personal preference? <laughs> awesome. Jeff, uh, how about you? Um, gee, like more, uh, it's, I had to think, like, how long has a week been? Yeah. Um, we just got, we just got in from Canada. We were there for a few days. But I have to say, I think it's technically a day over a week, but I'm going to say it was in my week. As, sure. Yeah, we played um, Madison Square Garden the other night. No big deal. Yeah, and so obviously that was kind of a career highlight for myself. And um, one of the many things that we're doing in the show is we play Stairway to Heaven. Uh And kind of true to form, you know, it's not very deconstructed or anything. And so I actually, you know, I play the solo in it. And to be able to play the solo. Oh, jeez. 
of steroids in MSG, at MSG. Yeah. Sold out MSG. It's like 1973. Yeah, I, I have to, it, it, it was like, I was like, wow, that was pretty cool. So, yeah. I mean, as, that's kind of as good as it gets. You yeah. know, as a guitar yeah. player to be able to do something. Did you, did you do anything? Um, see, I would imagine that you would probably either for sure get your, your picture outside the marquee that says sold out. I didn't get. I got. Uh, maybe I did actually. Yeah. yeah, I did. And I, but I got tons of pictures of the marquee. Right. <laughs> and and at some point you kind of. I would imagine. You maybe. Well, I I'll, I won't project on you. I would say I would probably have to be taking just a moment of just. I'm just going to stand here, and just kind of, in the, in the emptiness, and just take a minute and just go. Wow. Yeah, right for sure. Yeah, and took some pictures of like where I stand on the stage with the empty arena, yeah. and yeah, it was it, it was cool. Yeah. It was cool. You guys have been doing a really good job keeping every everything um, posted on on several different Instagram accounts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're um, you know it's kind of a on a tour this big. It's just kind of a big machine behind it. Yeah, for you sure. Know, kind of bigger than any of us so yeah. people who are paid oh, so you mean you're not you're not no we do like no the, i do no we all do but i mean um you know live nation sends teams around they kind of show up every few days and take photos film stuff right. and yeah there it, it's been great you know to be part of uh that um sophisticated of a marketing right machine <laughs> takes yeah. the pressure off yep yeah uh Okay. Well, hey Todd, what's uh, yes. happening in your week? Yeah. Yeah. Me? Oh yeah, you. let's not leave you out. <laughs> Does uh, anyone remember laughter? Did you play Imagine? <laughs> oh. Every night, every night. <laughs> every night. Every uh, I've been re- yeah. resetting on my pedal board a little bit. Um and uh, those are the loudest tall boys ever. <laughs> My ears were well, just like I may as well crazy. There we go. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. So yeah, I was just kind of. I'm always rejiggering my uh, pedal board, and uh, I have not been really happy with. My, so I sw- I just switched amps, and now I'm playing a uh, uh, Black Magic, um, a Super Black Magic. Now and is that like a like a? I would say if it's the, just by the name alone, I would surmise that it's like a Fender type of amp. It's. No, no, and yes. Uh, it kind of, to me, it feels like it straddles, like, right in between a Vox and a Fender. Yeah, okay. it's a Neo 84. Okay, yeah. So. Which is, yeah, okay. And they spell magic, M-A-G-I-C-K. Yeah. So. It's a, it's, you know, you know, it's, you know it's good. Supportive, <laughs> yeah. you know, apparently what, you know, they call it the Jimmy Page amp, the early Jimmy Page amp. Now, well, but well, no, he used a Thunderbolt. I'm, hey, I see I'm that, not that type that type of black magic. Right. I see. Okay. Okay. So um, I had to readjust all my stuff because I was going out of a little 14 watt 6v6 head, and uh, and it sounds this one sounds very different, which I like. I was I was missing the mids in my other one, so I brought up the mids. But my 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 dirt my dirt boxes, I, I've been like ah, now it's all different, and I'm trying to dial it in. So. Last night I I, I was uh, working on the uh, show for the four on the floor for Jennings guitars and I just I said wait a minute I got the one that I made I got, I haven't tried that on this amp holy mackerel it sounds good yeah. god dang it sounds good well that's good yeah so I'm I, that was 
So that wasn't money just thrown away. <laughs> no, no, that was good. So I'm I'm excited about that. Um, so that's what I did. Excellent. Dang, 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 cool. One, two, one, two, three, four on the floor. Cool. So my uh, updated four on the floor is I'll start with something that was on the last one, which is kind of a mainstay. And again, I take it. It's in my rig now. I have one on just on my home pedal board, and I take one to the to the studio, and it's on the new pumpkins. Um, I don't know what to call it. It's, it's I guess we're gonna call it a record. It's not really an album yeah, because how do you address that? It, we didn't mean. We, I mean, because this, this is very much taking a sidetrack. We didn't mean <laughs> to record. And now we were supposed to record one new song, right. Solara, uh, which do you have right mm-hmm, there right. on the computer screen? Um, and then it turned into recorded, ended up recording eight songs, um, but it wasn't meant to be an album. You know, it wasn't. Those tunes weren't put together with the idea of like this is going to be a collection of songs. We just wanted to present Rick Rubin a bunch of songs so he could choose what he thought would be the best one to kind sure. of reintroduce this new era of the band and then he he was like wow I really like eight of these songs why don't we just record all of them and so we kind of just went with the energy and um, so it, it is will be coming out and it will be coming out all together I think on one record EP it's not it's longer than an EP but yeah but it's here's anyway. your chance coin the term I mean, it's an E L P. Yeah, extra who, long who cares EP. yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> who cares what that did so but that yeah Eventide H9 is on that. Okay. Um, And I used it. I programmed some stuff for actually Billy and James. So we all ended up using it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm kind of the only one who knows how to use like the. (laughs) (laughs) So, 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 when you're using that, I mean, are you using it like driven by an iPad or. I use the iPad. Yeah, Yeah, I know. It's like so not rock and roll to be like, let me get get my iPad out and dial you in a sound. But it it really is the easiest way to to get it and to get a sound. Um, so use so that is an and I think the last time I said I probably had the Line Six M Nine, um, but now that has been replaced by their new HX Effects, which is just basically a stomp box modeler. Mm-hmm. Um, I use that at home. That's definitely at home. I'm not using it in my touring rig, but um, Billy actually is. He's using the HX Effects as his. It's actually his only pedal. Wow. So all his solo sounds, all the phasers, distortions, fuzzes that he's using are all coming from this Line 6 HX effects. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that is on the new record as well. I use that on a few guitar parts. Um, that, uh, it's, it's great, too. Um, a new thing that I'm using in my current rig that we use every night is the Spaceman effects from Portland. Zach from Portland. He is... Um, you know, become kind of a friend, and uh, but he just came out with the Mercury Four, which is um, a pedal that he's done in the past. But I, you know, I think he's up to version four, and it's a basically it's kind of a boost pedal mm-hmm. that has a germanium boost, and as you turn up the, it has just it can be just dB, but also there's the you can turn up kind of the gain. And as you can add more of like the germanium diode, and it kind of gets definitely colors the sound, but in a way that you so don't want to. So it has a special knob just for the for, for the diode. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. And cool. 
and also um, has like a high and low cut, some some dip switches that you can add more high and cut low end, whatever, mm-hmm. all that that kind of stuff. And it's it's just typical of like if you open it up and look inside, his work is impeccable. It's clean, all point to point type of stuff, and mm-hmm. just super musical. You know, everything he does is is very musical, and it it color like i said it it's not a transparent boost it's definitely a color boost but the way that you want it to um perfect for kind of pumpkins cats that kind of cuz it's not consistent you yeah. know because it's germanium it's a little bit depending on how hard you hit it and stuff so as a guitar player it's it's one of those things that you're looking for that kind of reaction Right. You know, and so I'm reacting off what the pedal's giving me and whatnot. Um, so I like that. I really like that a lot. That's cool. Yeah. And then my last pedal that I'm using is a Electroharmonic Synth 9, okay. which has become a main to every night have to use that pedal. And um, it's cool. It's a really cool pedal. Um, I originally got the Mellow 9 to, uh, to um, replicate Mellotron sounds mm-hmm. on the guitar. Right. And because I'm not a good, very good keyboard player, and so at home while re- recording and stuff, I'd want to be like, "Oh, I wish I could have like a cooler keyboard part." But I'm so bad at actually the keyboard that, so I got the the, the Mellotron one, and then I liked that so much, I decided to get the synth one, and now I use that like on tonight tonight, I play a lot of the string parts during the opening. Um, well, we play it through the whole song. I'm playing me, and we actually have a keyboard player, but we're covering all those string parts, and I use the the synth nine to do all that. And it's, huh. it's, it's cool. yeah, it's cool. And there's some we you know some the way we route it is is different. We're not really running into an amp, but we can talk about that later. But yeah. it's a cool cool pedal. Nice. Well, just for reference, uh, I just pulled up the your, yeah. your original one, and at number one you had the Line Six M13. Yeah. At number two, the Catalan Bread Bell Epoch. Yeah. Delay. And I believe at that time they were just releasing the, the new d- one. The Deluxe, which I haven't tried yet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the Eventide H9 mm. and the Tone Freak Naked Overdrive and Pineapple Boost. You yeah. And I'm still using the, I'm using, uh, I'm using the Tone Freak um, buffer mm. on my current rig. Yeah. They're, his stuff is great too. I mean, Tone I, I Freak. Can't get with, I can't get. Um, it's going to be really interesting to to find out how like the interaction between what you want and what he's what he ultimately has a string together. Drew here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Cool. All right. Well, well that's those a, are solid, well, man. Yeah. We'll let Drew on the mic. Give yeah, oh, pass sure. the mic. Oh, pass the mic over here, man. <laughs> Thanks, bro. You're wrong. Okay. So um, four on the floor for me. Um, I'm a huge fan of Billy Gibbons um, since I was a little kid, and uh, he's used the Expandora pedal by um, Big Sonic for a long time. And I remember seeing a photo in a magazine, Guitar World or, or Total Guitar, one of them, and then uh, he had nine of them yeah. um, stacked, chained together. I was wow. like, I want that. It looked cool. <laughs> it had like, you know, dog head on it and it was all in a stand. I was like, that's what I want. I don't care what, it, you know, whatever. <laughs> that's what I need. So that was um, a pedal I bought and it turned out to be, um, ended up being my favorite pedal. Still still to this day, it's it's my top three overdrive pedal ever. It has dip switches inside of it, so you can do uh, 
pretty much just like a little clean boost, uh, a nice overdrive or full-blown fuzz um, with the dip switches. And, and uh, the version one is the one I'm talking about, uh, the old school one that the I, it, I just haven't found anything that comes close to it. It's mellow and subtle, and then it can get gnarly as well, all in one pedal. And then when you stack them, they stack perfectly with each other. So you can have two set as fu- yeah. <laughs> just can you send them? Now you know when, why he had so many. Yeah, had each one with the dip switches, you know, yeah. set different ways. When, right? when you have all of them nine on fuzz, I guess you yeah. get a pretty gnarly fuz. So I'll, I'll take well, it. He's but, a reverend. He knows. Yeah, but that that pedal is is incredible to me still today. Um, uh, I still search reverb to find really good versions, and usually uh, they're only in Japan that. Are the ones that are in really yeah, good condition yeah. so i i do try and stock up on those just in case because if that pedal were to go out i'd have to have a replacement i have four of them but five more to five go, to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'll talk to my wife about it i'm pretty sure that's a no <laughs> i'm cool admitting that <laughs> um uh, well, the second pedal on my four would be the jhs angry charlie pedal um they're out on, I think, I don't know what version they're on. They might they be on version four. They a new one. Yeah. Um, I like version two, um, uh, followed by version three. And then uh, they have a uh, Andy Timmons signature model. Right. Um, but I like version two the best. It doesn't have a separate mid control. Um, it's just four knobs. But it is a hot-rodded JCM 800, basically, in a box. And it's screaming. They do a uh, Charlie and an Angry Charlie. But the Angry Charlie has just a little bit more grit and a little bit more output. You can run it at 18 volts for a little bit more headroom as well. Um, but that pedal works really well with other overdrives as well. So if you're into stacking pedals, which I really enjoy doing, um, just for random tones and, and uh, um, options, uh, the, the Angry Charlie is a great pedal for that. You mentioned that you didn't have the, the mid, right? It's a sweepable mid. It's not a separate mid that they added on version okay. three. Well, where I was going to go was like mid is obvious is arguably the most desirable and elusive all at the same time tone for guitar to, yeah. to find yourself in the mix. So when he said oh, it doesn't have a mid, I was like, wow, how does that that does that give you anxiety? Or <laughs> no, no, it, it's it's kind of like. Um, uh, it's just a sweepable EQ control, um, okay. basically. Um, tone. Yeah, they have kind of like a tone cut knob okay. and then a sweepable EQ, um, similar to a vintage orange amp. Okay. Um, like, uh, or even like, like Blackstar has like their, their knob, which kind of takes you from 6L6 to L34. Yeah. Kind of darkens American it up. Yeah. American British. American So it's kind of like a parametric EQ. Uh, almost, yeah. yeah. And I, uh, to be honest, I don't even know if it is. It, it, it may as well be. Um, yeah. But uh, it, 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 depending on the guitar, you can set it, and you, you can, it works with any guitar. You know, it, it's not, it doesn't make any guitar sound super thin unless you really want it to. Um, but it, it, it is pretty versatile as far as you know, single coils, humbuckers, you know, P90s, hot pickups. And, you know, it's a screaming overdrive pedal. Anyways, gain is incredibly um, 
Supplement. And <laughs> we like that. actually a new word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't even know if it is a word, but we'll Succu- go with it. We're Succulent. going with it. Supplement. Supplement. All right, we're going to use that. Yeah. Hey, moving forward. You know, you make something up, and it sometimes it sticks, right? <laughs> it's so it's a good word. Circle D. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you you mentioned that uh, you run that at eighteen volts. Do you do you typically if you if if, an, if a pedal will take eighteen volts? Do you like using that? I like using 18 volts if I'm stacking overdrives. Okay. Um, I'll take a pedal for the for the headroom on on um, on on the 18 volt pedal because what I'll do is I'll run the 18 volt pedal with less gain than a nine volt um, overdrive, and I'll make the front end overdrive higher gain, and then like the second pedal, the Angry Charlie, for instance. Like if I was to stack the Expandora pedal with the Angry Charlie. I would have the Expandora cranked and then the Angry Charlie's kind of set to a mid gain. So they're both usable as like, think of it like a three channel amp where the JHS Angry Charlie would be your second channel and then Expandora would be your third channel. Okay. And then when you put them together, it's your fourth, you know, some an untapped region of gain that no one really needs, but it's fun to have. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, okay, I need it. It's nice to know it's there. <laughs> yeah. right. A little bit of clarity. Is it X? Pandora or Xbandora? It's X Pandora, okay. like Pandora's box. Gotcha. X. Okay. <laughs> By E X P A N D O R A. Gotcha. Um, and then uh, my third pedal is um, mentioning Jeff's first version is Cattle and Bread. Um, is the uh, the Dirty Little Secret? Mm. Um, it's also a stacking pedal. Almost my pedals are, are going to be stacking pedals for for the reason um, I really prefer single channel amps. Um, I like something that does something really well, and then uh, use pedals to to create something else, a different flavor of what I already have. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Dirty Little Secret Mark II is uh, my favorite one. Um, I don't know what it is about your Mark IIs. Uh, it, 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 out of the Dirty Little Secret oh. Marks, the, okay. the different models of it, um, I know they have uh, several of them. I've had every single one of them. I do still have every single one of them, but I always gravitate to the Mark II, um, the purple one. Um, uh, I have the Mark I in like three different colors, like gray, orange, That's and pink. The silver one's the first. They have the, the the latest one has like the super bass version and, and yeah. So that one is it, they, it's silver with um, black yeah. like curly scripts on it and stuff like that. That's the that, I, I believe that is the newest version of it. Um, the very first version of it is also silver and it has three knobs and a switch. So and the gain structure is is high and low with a switch on the first version and then it's got a dip switch inside of it as well. Um, it is a cool pedal, but. Um, the second one it works really well. It's it's also a, a Marshall style um, yeah. overdrive pedal. Um, works really well with an overdriven amp or a clean amp, um, and it works really nice with pedals. They they call it pretty much a foundation pedal, I believe. Foundation is the overdrive. foundation overdrive yeah. is from their yeah. website actually. Um, now, but, now you just dropped a whole bunch of, <laughs> of overdrive on us. <laughs> I, I did. I did. I did. Cool. I did. I'm really curious. Um, because uh, partially because of what I've just been going through, uh, the although most overdrives are like, oh, no, it's, it's it's a transparent overdrive, or it's 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 it won't color your sound. They, I haven't found one that doesn't really color the sound a little bit, anyways. So as you're looking at these, how are they um, comparatively? How are they colored? Okay, 
I do believe every overdrive colors your tone, and I do believe that is kind of the point of them. Um, I think companies that advertise doesn't color your tone is uh, what's the point of having a pedal? I like to use pedals only for the reason that it changes your tone or it does color your tone. Okay. If you can't hear the pedal, why do you have it, right? Right. My personal opinion. It, I'm just going to make so many people no, angry I'm, right now. It's a compression. <laughs> so many purists are hating me already. Twenty. Yeah, send, I'll send my address for every $20 bill you want to send me. Everybody's, I, uh, lo- everybody's looking at My their... kids love you already. We bought all the dinosaurs. Everybody's looking at the at the actual clon that they have going. But, but, uh, I, okay, I do have a clon. It's still in the box. I was telling Jeff this the other day. Um, I've had many people offer to buy it. Never been opened. I've I turn it on every couple months just to keep the parts with voltage on it. I will offer you one hundred dollars cash money right now. One hundred Canadian, I'll take it. (laughs) So so we were just in Canada. Yeah. But uh, no, I have I have the silver version with the um, the pony with the short tail. Yep. um, Still mint in the box, and uh, I remember buying it for two hundred forty nine dollars, brand new. That's insane. Um, And I. It just wasn't for me. And um, I know, again, I'm getting all the haters. I, only only reason is because I like an overdrive that gives more. Like, right. it, it is a great pedal for... Just stack them. It, it is. It is, but it has too much mids for me yeah. in, in, in the grand scheme of things. Um, it, I, I like more of the, uh, I'm going to say... Classic rock slash pop variety, um, anywhere from like Led Zeppelin and Jimmy World stuff like that um, to play. Um, mm-hmm. So the tones I like are kind of gritty. Uh, they're very mid heavy already with uh, the guitar. Uh, P90s are my favorite pickups. Naturally, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't need any more mids in my tone. I think right. clons are for people who play strats or Les Pauls. Yeah. With humbuckers, I play Les Pauls with P90s. I already have that mid boost so doubling it with a clon never worked for me never worked for anything i was trying to achieve um personally but i do use clons with artists all the time so um but i do have one i will be putting up for sale soon (laughs) yeah it could be i i think i think i saw one up on uh uh online for i don't know like over 3500 bucks oh, now yeah they're ridiculous well you know they're 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 pr- it's a thing pretty. it's a it, it can uh, the argument of like that is that's bad or that's wrong and i'm not saying that's what you did but it's out there people are like what that's not right and i was like why can't it just be a thing? Well, like, that, that's why not? The, the whole thing on the KTR is, is you know, the slogan on there, you know, the, the, this hype is not my fault. Yeah. And, and it's, it's true. It, it, people love it or hate it. And then I, I don't either. I don't, I'm on both sides of the fence because I work for people who love it and I work for people who don't love it. And, and my job as a tech is kind of to steer an artist in the direction that their search for tone is headed. I can't, it's not I'm, not, I'm not really in charge of steering them away from what they want because what's the point in that? Like I'm hired to, mm-hmm. you know, facilitate a, a end goal for the artist. So I, I try and help them use whatever it is, if it's a clone or, or, you know, anything to get them to where they want to be sonically. And, and so I, I use everything. Like there's, I don't have a problem with using yeah. the clone, so don't hate me. I'm sorry. Well, I, I think <laughs> I think since you're not using it, it would make a wonderful end of tour gift to your guitarist. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 
and you, <laughs> you know this this is true and and I will send him the link to the reverb site and it'll be on Sotheby's oh, may the odds Hi. forever be in his favor oh, <laughs> he gets first dibs then he does right. he does I'll put a buy it now link first he can dibs. have first first yeah. dibs yeah. two hour window two hour window okay yeah. hey, <laughs> hey Jeff it's showtime uh, um, I know you go on in 10 minutes but I just posted it man uh, <laughs> yeah we'll give you the call-in number for Christie's <laughs> auction on that one. So, but I have a, a, the fourth pedal I have, and most of my other pedals are, I really love overdrive pedals, but um, I actually have an amp company in, and my fourth pedal um, is something I make, and, and it's selfishly, it, it I made it for this reason, because I stack overdrive pedals, but I design a pedal that is passive and uh, um, it's an input attenuator and it has um, fixed switches and a knob um, basically uh, controlling where you would turn down your volume knob on your guitar. Uh, let's say you have a cranked overdriven amp and you love the tone of it but you need a clean channel um, and you like your, the tone with your guitar on the volume two mm -hmm. or sometimes even three or four, you know, you can get the pedal to that level without changing the impedance or um, mudding it up as lowering your volume. Um, it keeps, keeps your um, input the same uh, as far as impedance. And, and uh, depending on what volume knobs you use, I can put a different pot in it or whatever, but it's called the gentleman pedal. And um, I, I use that pedal to cut overdrives um, so I use overdrives to, you know, obviously give me gain, and then I made a pedal to cut the gain, which is... <laughs> so uh, you get the tone you want, and you get to keep the hearing, too. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. You know, everybody's a winner, you know? Um, hey. But I have... Um, What's the pedal called again? It's called the Gentleman Pedal. By? Fopstar Amps. Fopstar. Yeah, F-O-P-P-S-T-A-R. Got it. And um, I have artists using them right now. Um, the Moody Blues ordered uh, several of them. Uh, they're out on tour with them right now. Um, Jeff has one. He, yeah. he was using it for a little bit um, in rehearsals and then realized we needed way more channels than, yeah. than two. So, um, yeah. But, um, Moody Blues. Yeah, so there, there's, there's some, you know, classic guys who were using their volume knobs for their tone, and the kind of pedal I made was perfect for them um i didn't even know if they were gonna like it and i sent them one and um they they their their tech actually reached out to me he's a good friend of mine um and he's like i want to get it in their hands and and then he's like they loved it we need to order a couple more and i was like oh i gotta uh, make cool. them real quick yeah uh -huh. so i'm trying to make stuff off in hotel rooms and stuff like that so, nice yeah now where do you put that in your chain uh, I put it first. Uh, well, after a tuner. After um, a tuner. Um, I, I like guitar straight into a tuner first, if possible. Um, mm -hmm. Just pure signal. And um, especially uh, some people, I've seen people put overdrives first, then a tuner um, because of the buffer it has in the tuner. I've seen weird stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, different strokes, different folks. But uh, it, I, I prefer putting a tuner first. Um, especially if it has a buffer in the tuner, which most tuners these days have been adding buffers into them, like the TC and, and, and even the new bosses and stuff like that, mm -hmm. the walls of craft and stuff. But um, I think it helps having the tuner first with a mild buffer. Right on. You mean you, don't, you don't use clip-on tuners in a live situation? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 
I'm, I'm not even going to lie, but, but, but I, I love watching uh, Mark Agnesi on, on uh, yeah. Instagram That's when they do the, the snark close up. Sorry, Mark, but I love it. And it's like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the, the tuner of shame. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I, I'll use those, whatever. I, I, have a, I have a ukulele out on this tour that I actually use the snark on because uh, it, with the low end from the PA, um, it's passive and, and sometimes it doesn't have enough volume. So I'll, I'll, I'll cross reference with this, with the snark just, just to have it. Um, <laughs> and I have the TC uh, polytune clip on as oh, well. Yeah, so that's yeah. Right. They did do that. Yeah. So since I'm already using TC stuff, uh, I, I use that to cross reference that, everything. The tuner I'm using. Yeah, I love it. That's great. I dig it. Man, oh man. Well, that's it, everybody. <laughs> I know. Tune in next time. <laughs> we haven't even got it. We haven't even started yet. Come on, let's talk you can't stuff. Take me anywhere. No, that, I know. That was, that was fantastic. I, I loved hearing about. It. I got about a million more questions for you, but we'll save those for. Uh, you can have later. to. Have, Drew's gonna have to have his own episode. Yeah. That's what. That's what I've been actually no, advocating that's here. That's not a bad idea. Legitimately. <laughs> legitimately, I, I I would love to have you on as as a just a standalone guest and so we can share a little bit more about like the what it is like a, from a guitar tech's standpoint uh and his amps and his pedals all the stuff yep. all right hey everybody <laughs> we're still here <laughs> barely hanging on those, those were outstanding four on the floors and i'm 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 happy that we we did one each so thank Good you guys stuff. for doing that yeah yeah Good super stuff. solid uh okay on to the meat of the show we have Jeff Schroeder and his guitar tech, Drew. Smashing Pumpkins are on tour. We caught them mid-tour. They've done uh, 21 shows, I believe. Wow, okay. So far. You got 22 <laughs> left. Wow. Does it, does it feel like it? Yes. yes? <laughs> well, because, you know, we rehearsed for two months before the oh, tour yeah. even started. So we've been playing this set. I mean, it's... It's a long show. It's a three-hour show, yeah. 32 songs. Jeez. Um, so God. it took a long time to, not a long time to get together, I mean, but just to, to work out all the nuances. Yep. How many um, encores? Just one. Okay. Just one. Even if they're really stamping their feet. No, it's the show. It, it when it's done, it's done. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> people, I, and, it, and it's the kind of thing, I don't think people are like, Thank you. That that was awesome. Yeah, but no great. no one's I don't think anybody wants to hear one more song even. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm actually a little bit surprised. I mean, we're, we're going to go into all kinds of stuff, but this this is top of mind. So, uh I mean, Pumpkin's music is a lot of I guess people could characterize as a lot of it's very heavy on the power chords or seemingly so. Yeah, kind of, yes. Yeah. And and anybody who's seen uh, specifically Billy play, he is heavy-handed. It, it yeah, really, he does. He, 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 yeah, he, right. So and he has a heavy uh, right. You, have, hand. you have a little bit of a of a of a lighter a lighter yeah. touch, but still at three hours, uh, that is that's got to take an incredible toll on your fingers. Yeah, it does. And I've gotten. Um, I've been very conscious of developing a more controlled right hand uh -huh. technique because, I mean, when you think about an electric guitar yeah. through an amp, which compresses your signal, right? Hitting the guitar harder after a certain point, you're not, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't make it any louder. Yeah. Yeah. And it actually just makes you more out of tune. Yeah. And if you really think about aggressive attack doesn't come from hitting as hard as you would think. Right. It's 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 a certain 
Because, I mean, once you started kind of researching guitar players and stuff, you look at someone like Eddie Van Halen. It sounds like his attack is very aggressive in the way he plays. He used super light strings. Right. And a really thin pick often. And, but he was still able to get that sound, yeah. you know. I've heard uh, the same thing about Angus Young, too. Like, yeah. really super light strings and an incredibly light touch. Billy Gibbons. Billy Gibbons, yeah. too, right? Yeah. Mr. Sevens. Oh Billy yeah. Gibbons and, and even someone like, you know, like Paul Gilbert from, you know, Mr. Big Racer. Yeah. I mean, he oh, uses, yeah. like... Oh, so great to watch. He uses, like... The, whatever the Tortex picks, the orange ones that I, mm-hmm. 60, that I use on acoustic, he uses those to play electric. And wow. he can still... Because his... Which you realize, and he's again, he's playing all those super fast, aggressive licks, and they sound that way. But yeah. it's uh, so I just learned to try and find some type of medium just to sa- save my hands because my because my hands were my especially my my index finger on my right hand was just getting torn up. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. Now um, you mentioned that you were doing jazz lessons on the last show. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. I, and I've watched you. You've, you posted several things, you know, in in session. I would imagine that that has probably contributed greatly to that control. Yeah, well, you know, my teacher Tony. Shout out to Tony. I think I gave him <laughs> All a shout. Tony's in the house. I think I gave him. Yeah, hey, 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 hey. Anthony. Yeah, Anthony, totally. And he's yeah, he. Um, He's a good Jersey kid, you know, but he's a Brazilian descent. He's not actually a temp, he's Brazilian, but he's definitely he got the bringing the Jersey vibe to Chicago. <laughs> so he's really Anthony. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, you know, he has a very, um, like from the first time he watched me play, he, like a sports coach, he's like, hey, what's going on with your left hand? What's going on with your right hand? Let's start doing some exercises that... That to where you can get more control, more articulation mm-hmm. um, over just the kind of the physicality of playing the instrument. So, right. yeah, I I would I would agree that that's something that's been a, a positive. You know, just kind of going back and looking at basic fundamentals. Typically, I've seen you play not necessarily really high, but. Maybe higher than most, I guess, quote unquote, rock musicians who tend. To I have. Play a bit I. Lower. I mean, I used to play it low, but then I mean, after a while, I just like I. I just I don't care. You know, I just <laughs> wanted to be because just just to have better technique, you have to play the guitar a little bit higher. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's it's just it, you can't. Well, and you and just the, can't play certain things, or you're going to hurt your hand if right. you know if you have the guitar really. I mean, but the, I mean, but some people get away with it. I just can't. Yeah, I just don't. You know, and I have like long arms and stuff too, but I just can't. Like it's just, I hurt my wrists, and yeah. you know, it's just start getting bad. old and. <laughs> and well, in the dynamic, the dynamic, dad shorts, and yeah, you know, I just don't care anymore. Yeah. Yeah. As, soon as, you, as soon as you go on stage with like, with like the the white New Balance, then the dad shoes, comfy. It's a three hour show. My feet start hurting. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I would also think that the dynamics of the stage, you know, um, both. I think you and James have have sort of a similar. Uh, Almost more um, cerebral approach yeah. uh, on stage, where you have got Billy, like you know, the banshee up front, and so yeah. you don't have to carry that extra. Weight. No, no, and and you know, uh, I think Billy kind of thinks of himself like he's kind of more in character on stage, mm-hmm. like than 
you know, that's kind of part of his thing. Yeah. It's like he on a, on a kind of, uh, he's, you know, like a more of a Bowie thing where he's acting out a certain yeah. uh, persona. Well, it, it, that's an interesting point, and we're, we won't linger here a little bit, but it is one of the things that as a fan, and everybody's fans of different music, when you see somebody who is actually playing the music that you really love and appears to be as into it or more than you are, like, that just raises everything like yeah it, it really does just heighten the, the whole experience and gives you an actual connection i think yeah a visceral connection in the music yeah for myself personally from a fundamental standpoint my first job is to just play good yeah play great right and i'm not gonna run around and act like i'm into it if i'm not and if i am into it then i will do that stuff yeah. i just it has to feel authentic to me i can't can't really go through the motions up there but like i said my first the first thing through my head is just to try to play as good as possible right and you got you have a pretty tall order i mean it's a lot to remember i mean it's it's you know it's not like it's not like we're you know we're not rush you know it's not like it's super (laughs) complicated stuff most of that i mean there's a few things that are but but it's just a lot to remember between the songs like playing the songs in an interpretive way that are that are that give the song you know do justice right and then then dealing with all the effects and the pedal board. i mean like all the pedal board changes that's like learning a different version of the song sure, that's sure. part of the well the that's, thing that's too. a great segue actually yeah um, I, i'm i think the thing i've been most curious about and i've talked to these guys about it too is that i i'm fascinated with you know, we, we discussed this on the first one a little bit but you know you're you're having to play songs that you um, weren't necessarily part of at at their origin, right? Sure, especially now. this tour. I mean, the previous I played on the records that we toured on, but this one right. where it's all stuff right. where yeah, be- when James was in the band, right, right, yeah. So you're having to, to do that and to craft your style, your nuances in with something that is already pre-existing and having to be you know relatively true to that, yeah. Coupled with all the gear that goes with that. Mm-hmm. that you wouldn't maybe necessarily have been using before. Too. Sure, so sure. Can you talk a little bit? And this, both you guys obviously yeah. can weigh in on um, this. Like in terms of certain songs that we play just like the records because that's kind of how people want to hear them. And so it's just about kind of divvying up the parts with what makes sense. and Like Cherub Rock or Yeah, something. who can yeah. play it well, you know, who plays which part. Not necessarily the best, but as Drew will tell you, I mean, I I improvise every night. I play certain certain things that are open. I change every single night. I don't. I purposely just is that don't. a mental thing to keep it fresh for yeah. you, or just you find opportunities to say, oh, I, I feel like reacting this way. I just I think it just keeps me on my toes that I'm not just on autopilot that I have to kind of be into the emotional space of the song. Mm-hmm. So I like to improvise. Um, and Billy does too. You know, he, impro- like, I, I don't think he really, I mean, some, some like, like a song like Cherub Rock, he'll play the solo pretty much as is or Soma, but some other things like when we play Shiva, um, I, he takes the first solo, I take the second and then he does another, you know, but, and it's different every night. Right. Like we just totally like, you know, and some, I'll go through phases where I'll play the same motifs for three, and then I'll just go, okay, I'm going to get off of that and just start kind of building like a new um, platform. Um, so things like that, even though, so we're playing it kind of like the record, but then 
we we open up interpretive space. Um, but everything is 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 very thought out in terms of the guitar sounds mm-hmm. and whatnot. And we did spend a lot of time making sure the tonalities of the three guitars would would mesh. And to be quite honest, like having a third you know, having three guitars and having James come back actually, instead of hindering me, it actually freed me up to, to where, like, I was never a Les Paul kind of player. I was always was more of like a Fender, Super Strat type of player. So now that he's back and he's mo- he plays almost all, I, almost all Les Pauls, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to be in that sonic territory. So I had to think about, like, where am I going to fit in right. with this? And so... Um, guitar wise, even I'm playing more. I'm playing some Yamaha prototypes that are basically alder body maple neck with different, you know, two with maple fret, fretboards and two with Pal Ferro fretboards that are a little more like a. It's like a more mid focused, high gain kind of jacked up sound because yeah. I wanted to. Because when you have three guitars, it's like Billy's got a, he's got a really big, low, heavy sound. You know, he's like scoop mids, right? He likes to scoop the mids, have a lot of low end, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of top end. Um, and James is obviously playing Les Paul, so that's going to kind of be that mid-range, lower mid-range. Mm-hmm. So I need to f- kind of fit in with something a little more upper mids, smaller sound, but lo- lots of energy. Right. So I really, I mean, so we really thought about it in that way. Right. Because you got to create space for each other, even if you're playing with lots of distortion. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. noticed you, you were playing, uh, you, you have a recent shot on Instagram, and I was trying to figure out what kind of guitar that was. It, it looked almost like a telly, but yeah. it wasn't. Yeah, that's a, this prototype of a new Yamaha guitar that yeah. that might be coming out sometime yeah yeah i'm the first person who's been able to they asked me like hey we're thinking of coming out with this guitar right would you mind taking some out on the road and and you were it? playing the the pacifica for a while, i right? never played a pacifica live i just okay. no no i was using it just i was i mean you know actually on previous tours i played les paul's um i had some parts uh Parts casters, super strat type okay. of things. Some fenders, some jazz masters, um, some Yamahas. But this tour, I'm pretty much using almost all Yamahas, Rev Stars, these prototypes. I have like a SA2200, which is like a 335 type of semi hollow right. guitar. Um, cool. I have a really cool uh, Jaguar guitar made by Copeland Guitars in Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's. That's the guitar with the mini humbuckers that mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier, and cool. yeah, so I'm using you know a few different things out there. How did how did you approach that? Like, are you looking at that saying, um, "I need a sound, so I need a guitar to fit that sound"? Or are you saying, "This is a guitar I want to play. What sound? What song does it belong to?" No, I'm definitely more like, "What does the song need?" Coming from that direction, and then finding the appropriate guitar. Yeah. I've learned. I mean, definitely as guitar player, you have like, oh, I really want to use this guitar, and yeah. then to your own. But I think over time, I've you know, I've been in this band twelve years. I kind of know what's going to get the job done. And so, sure. when I first joined the band, I really wanted to play. I wanted to be like Rick Nielsen and play a different guitar in each song, just because wow, like I have a guitar yeah. tech and I could do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean, I don't have to take. I don't have to do it. You know. But then over once you get over that 
fantasy of like that's uh, I really thought like gosh some of the most like I know it's not every but some but when you think about a lot of really good guitar players through the through the years like even like say like someone like Jimmy Page or Brian May or David Gilmore or Eddie Van Halen yeah the one they pretty much stick on one <laughs> yeah. guitar the whole, and there's a reason for that yeah. because to get really one, even one guitar that sounds great, yeah, that's a feat in and of itself. And so I think that, um, and then it becomes a thing like the necks, the body, like everything feels the same. So right. I wanted to design a guitar that would kind of do all knowing what I knowing knowing what I would have to play Mm -hmm. and um finding something that could be consistent over the whole set um when when Yamaha asked me like hey we have these prototypes basically just you can put whatever electronics you want in it I kind of knew with a certain pickup configuration over years of playing around with stuff that that would get uh, the job done, and then so now I play most of the set on one style guitar. They have the same exact neck dimension, same body, uh, same tremolos, same okay. pickups, and that because I want to when I pick up the guitar, I want it to to feel the same. Yeah, even if I have to, you know, because I'm forced to switch because of tunings. Sure. Yeah. How, how much are you involved in that early discussion, <laughs> Drew? Well, it's, mic over to it's, you. it's it started with a phone call, and he's like. Um, <laughs> So I think I can do this whole set with one or two guitars. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, okay, cool, man. Yeah. That's when you raised your magic. And I was like, yeah, cool. Like, like <laughs> one or two colors or, or <laughs> you know, I wasn't sure what he meant. And uh, Making your job easier. Yeah, I was brother. like, cool, man. Yeah, totally. I'll come work for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I think we're, we're up to, uh, well, I think we have 14 guitars now. Yeah, it's the least amount he's ever taken because we are using the, these Yamaha uh, prototype style guitars. Um, I we have currently four of them out here, and, and they are heavily in in rotation. Um, uh, we have E natural, E flat, drop D, and uh, and I have one that's uh, in E flat with with um, I drop down to drop C sharp. Sometimes just as a, a floating spare and stuff like that, and and three of them have trim systems. One's a, a hardtail. Um, so when you guys are working on that prototype, I'm, were you working on it together to? to kind of... It was all prior to me being around. Uh, okay. Pretty right. uh, Yamaha and Jeff have had a, a long yeah. uh, standing uh, uh, relationship, and and myself with Yamaha as well from other bands uh, that I've worked with. Um, I've worked with Yamaha for since 2012 okay so um uh with Fleetwood Mac Deftones um Shakira all, all those bands I, I got playing Yamahas uh not because they asked me to but because I like their guitars and mm-hmm. more often than not the artist ends up with the guitars that Yamaha sent me or that I've bought, <laughs> and and Jeff will tell you that because he's currently has one. He's still one of mine. Yeah, he, yeah and they, they sent me a replacement for a guitar that um, Shakira is playing a, a gold Revstar now. That was mine. Um, that I wrapped the first one in gold or whatever um, in vinyl, and then Yamaha made her a gold dipped one. Um, but she she has the the gold vinyl one that I still wrapped, and then so that Yamaha sent me a replacement of a. Uh, um, 
a blue flame uh, 720 Revstar with a Bigsby on it. And, and Jeff was playing the, uh, the other Yamaha, the SA2200 hollow body. And I was like, you know, I think this guitar would actually fit the songs better because I think he wants to have a vibrato on it, but the guitar has a trapeze tailpiece on it uh-huh. that they added. Um, so like, Hey, just try this. And he's like, Oh yeah, I like it. And I was like, yeah. After like three shows, I was like, just keep it, man. <laughs> I was like, I, yeah. I, you know, but as far as, as far as the prototype process, that was all Jeff and Yamaha and, 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 but they are very much like a, a super strat, um, and uh, the, the the trams are, are goto trams and yeah. and uh, uh, locking tuners. That's um, good stuff. Some of them have bone nuts. Some of them are graphite. Uh, uh, everyone's a little bit different. Um, the certain chambering of the of the guitars because they are prototypes are 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 different. Uh, is, but as far as pickup configurations, they are all the same. And the five way switchings and can you tell a significant difference between the ones that are chambered differently with the same pickup configuration? I think for the most part, each guitar that he has has a different character, even though they're same body shape and same neck. Uh, the necks have different fretboards. There's some of them are flame maple necks with flame maple fretboards. Other ones are maple necks with Powell Ferrell uh, fretboards. I think each one has a character. One is specifically bright. One is specific, specifically really thick, and another one is is more on the on the bassy side. Uh, partially due to the string gauge and the tunings of the guitar right. and the tensions but m- more more realistically i think just the woods are so different they they're roughly in the same weight category but you can tell a difference in in within it i'm it's just a few ounces but it does make a difference and and that's why i think certain songs sound better in different tunings which i'm sure he'll he'll confirm on that as far as why he chose what he wanted to play in the tunings uh he chose which guitars he would like to play and what tunings. I just set him up for what he asked for. So anything to do with the guitars, I, I'm, I'm just facilitating what he cool. would like to do. So. What what uh, string gauges are you? Jeff does know this question. But, uh, we, we play Ernie Ball strings. Uh, uh, he is on, on E natural and, and, and drop D guitars. They're, they're the 10 to 46s and, and E flats are uh, 11 uh, the 1148s and then um we have guitar and c tunings and and the jazz guitar the copeland we have the 13th and not even sleek keys on those um they it just when you're down in c standard it's it it's pretty tough so scale length that that's going to be jeff because i don't know actually for the strings do you switch up string gauge for scale length no um only reason just been a topic that has come up several times here the only time I I oh, feel <laughs> because on the Jag the Copeland is yeah. is a what twenty four and three quarter like a because it, it's a Jaguar type guitar so it has the smaller scale length. I do have actually, and it's an E flat, but I have twelves on it, which right. is actually one gauge thicker because, um, I, I kind of prefer the bigger sound anyway, and with with the shorter scale, um, and you know from actually because. Most of the time before we got this up and running, I wasn't playing much rock guitar at all. I was playing mostly jazz and using an arch-top style guitar with 13-gauge strings and a wrapped G-string. So (laughs) any of these guitars feel like rubber bands to me. I'm just like, oh, my God. Not not anymore, but when I first, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, 
when I was playing guitar with tens, I couldn't even feel a, the string under my fingers at first. But yeah. um, so now using like twelves is is not a, that big of a deal to me. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. Interesting. Yeah. Um, in developing this prototype, can you, uh, sure. Can you tell us anything more about it, or is it top secret? That's all I can really tell you. I mean, because I don't know what their I don't know really know what their plans is it are be with a signature it. model. No, 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 no. Should it they, be a signature model? I'm gonna say yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, honestly, like they they are, the Yamaha is such a great company, and they've been so accommodating to me. Like yeah. they'll make me whatever guitar. So I I don't care about like having my own model or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, and. You know, I'm kind of just ripping off other people anyway, like uh-huh. like that. I mean, I think people, you know, people of like that type of configuration yeah. of like the humbucker and then like a single coil size pickup in yep. the front. Um, I think I, I mean, the first person I saw do that was like Warren D. Martini from Rat had that, you know, and he uses like I think a quarter pounder. And then I actually, I don't use I don't use very many single coil pickups. And I actually on this, I'm not using any just because I've just run into so much problem with just noise mm-hmm. in venues. Right. You know, it's two, three days you have a, it's fine. And then like the fourth day, it's like, this one you, you got a, is that a P90 in the back or is that a humbucker? Humbucker. It's a JB, you know, just, it's, it's very like, you know, I wanted to go with like those sounds that I kind of grew up hearing, and you know I think the as you know as you guys know that I think the Seymour Duncan JB is probably the most sold pickup mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Like second, you know, uh, you know non PA. Yeah, well, pickup. I don't know what you'd call it. Um, like uh, no, it's just a, a high gain. No, but I guess you know a pickup that doesn't come. You know that, that didn't normally come on a guitar. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sixteen K third party. Sixteen yeah. K. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and um, that, it's just like it kind of just work. It's like for rock band, it just certain things. Like when I'm playing, like if I was playing by myself at home or something, there's other pickups I definitely like, but it just works. You know, you yeah. know, like the tonalities that you're mm-hmm. dealing with. You have a bass player playing an SVT, like that type of distorted guitar against that. that those things just sure. over time have proven that they work. Yeah, that's and, a great segue into. Well, let's let's talk to your amps real quick. Um, amps. Um, so I'm still using a regular, um, like, you know, tube amp. Like even though so. As if if anybody who's seen the show, there's no amps or cabinets on stage. Totally clean stage. Everything's um, my rig is on the side of the stage, and the cabinets are underneath. And in, in our cabinets are even in ISO cabs, meaning they're in a road case that's closed with the mics inside there. So there's no bleed. So it's funny if you take if we take our in in ears out on stage, it's super quiet on stage. Yeah. It's is that, weird. Is that weird? That's got to be weird. It is a little bit weird. It's like it feels like you're rocking out with headphones on, like running around. <laughs> because, you know, these new PA systems are so sophisticated that even they're, they've designed them in that they don't have a lot of sound coming off the back of the speakers anymore. They're very directional in that they're projecting forward. So stage is very quiet. Like when we play like a song that, like on Shiva, Billy starts the song, and if he's yeah. standing near his mic, I can hear... 
that like the acoustic, the acoustic pick like of the, oh, wow. of the strings into this vocal mic. That's how quiet it is. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. So there's no floor monitors or nothing. Wow. Well, and that that's the weird thing nothing. about going to shows now, where like the 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 being right up on the stage on a show like that big. Um, I I went to one maybe about a year ago, and I just I was like, I gotta get closer. I gotta get closer. And I got to the front, and I was like. Can't hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is this? Yeah. But it really makes our sound man's job better, especially mixing the three guitars and whatnot, sure. because oh, you're not wow, having yeah. to deal with all this volume coming off the stage. You can actually EQ and get the drums exactly hanging because there's no guitar bleeding into the drum mics. Right. There's right. nothing like that. It, it's really. Um, but anyway, so I'm still using um, in, in the last rock tour we did i use vintage marshalls and i wanted to start like i originally planned on doing this tour with something similar um i actually have an amp by my friend brian karstens out of in chicago he he's the amp repair guy at chicago music exchange mm-hmm. and he has a line of amps called karstens amps okay and he's got an amp called the warm machine and um That's- i that's a great name for an amp. The warm, 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 oh, warm, warm, warm machine. <laughs> and I use that. That's actually, it's on the new Pumpkins record as well. And I wanted to use, but it's a single channel, point-to-point amp. Yeah. And what, what kind of watt? Like 50 watts. Okay. Um, EL34. Um, and that's in an ISO box, you said? No, no. I, no, that was my plan, that I was oh. going to use that amp. I was going to use that amp. I see. And it's a great sounding amp, but once we got farther and farther into rehearsals, like the kind of the tonal demands were like, wow, I have to go from like, I mean, this is like that amp is like a, you know, it's like a mid gain type of amp. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's pretty gainy, but it's not like a modern high gain amp. It's like a power amp type of distortion amp. So once we got into rehearsal and Billy is using like a more modern high gain type of preamp power amp type of sound. And then, you know, James is using a Friedman Jerry Cantrell amp, like me having like more of the classic rock sound. Like I just couldn't come. It was like, okay, like I can't really compete with that. And then having to go from crystal clean to super high gain distortion in like seconds, it was just hard. You could do it with switching, but it, it was just, I wasn't able to get, Right. Like the tonal shifts that the 32 songs required. I mean, you're talking 32 songs, four or five different albums. I just, so I had to go with a more traditional, not in a traditional, but I had to go with my old rig, which was the modified Randall preamps with the modules um, by Anthony at Salvation Mods Mm -hmm. and then a 50 watt power amp. And so that. But I use the Line 6 Helix rack module. And so that I go into the Line 6 Helix. The preamp is in one of the loops of Helix. And then um, out of Helix, we go to the power amp. So I can route effects you know, before or after the preamp. And then in the three other loops, we have some of these pedals that I was describing earlier. Mm-hmm. So I have basically it's, it's just... A hybrid analog digital amp modeling type of system. It, it it really uses. It gives me the flexibility. I have the. I can do. I can do anything that I need to do. Right. How how difficult is that? Because um, I've seen I've seen your board on the floor. <laughs> he throws the mic to me. I see, <laughs> I see Jeff's board on the floor. 
Um, and, and I know that you are using actual pedals. So that combination of pedals and like the helix all working together. Right. Uh, how, how yeah, there, there were programming issues to start with. I mean, we're, we're doing the, um, the preamp modules and power amps of four cable method with the line six. Um, and with having the preamp in, in a loop, well, I have it in loop one, there's four loops on the rear of the helix rack. Um, and each one can be assigned a MIDI channel. So um, we have the preamps basically in MIDI channel one. But um, that way you can move effects pre or post of, the, of your preamp. So, okay. you know, some, certain delays sound better pre, certain delays sound better post. So we just kind of move stuff around every day and, you know, see where it fits better at each show. But the problem we had when we were first programming it was um, with, with the Helix specifically, I know it's been out for a couple of years, but... Uh, as far as a, a consumer product to a professional touring piece of gear, it's come leaps and bounds, but there's still some, there was some coding issues that we ran into with um, multifunctions of MIDI when we're tapping the full brain of the Helix because we're pretty much pushing it um, yeah. as far as uh, not maxing out the memory of, of what it offers because it has tons of you know, hard drive space that we're not using, but as far as the facilitating the instant memory, mm -hmm. uh, we ran into certain MIDI switching that would negate each other. So when you program like five things in MIDI, uh, sometimes it would misfire one and it turned out to be a coding issue. So while we were programming, I was working with line six, um, I, uh, Eric, we're at line six. It, he, we, I was able to call him and say, Hey, we found this, this issue here. Can, can you help us write a script for it? And, and kind of, wow. They they were already working on an update from 2.54 uh, on the Helix to the new 2.60, and and a lot of the stuff that w we were finding in the in the rehearsals and programming got added to the new update, which helped us do what we need to do for this tour. Yeah. So uh, it, it is so originally initially there there were some issues with. Um, most of the programming, well, not most of the pro, just s s simple things that we wanted to do that no one had ever asked for, right. I guess. So no one had written code for it. So everything that is required on this tour, specifically with the pumpkins, with, with Billy, Billy's using the uh, Helix HX floorboard, uh, we needed to have it do certain things. So uh, to be able to do that, they had to up, update certain things or, or fix certain coding errors. But it, it, not even an error, it just, it didn't exist. They had to write it so we right. could do it. So. Gotcha. But they've been they've been great to work with on that, and and, and you know the, the the stuff works great. The only time it really messes, yeah, knock on wood. Until tomorrow night, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll be I'll, I'll be, we'll be the judge of that. I'll definitely be eating my shirt tomorrow. Um, but uh, if, you know, if, if 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 you hit a wrong button, it's gonna go there. You know, there's yeah. a, like so like Jeff was saying, and when when he was learning the songs, I think a lot of the learning the foot switches is is almost harder than learning the actual notes to the song yeah. because you have to remember that as well. Ooh, so yeah. I'm glad I don't have to push all the buttons. Some bands I do. Um, the the only limit, I will say the only thing I wish Line 6 had at the moment and we've been talking about it specifically is is with the Helix uh, rack specifically um, the ability to have a satellite or a second MIDI controller mm -hmm. or because it, it, it's powered off of Ethernet, Ethercon, uh, it doesn't have the option to slave. So I can't have a board in my world, um, which is off stage. His whole rig's next to me, literally right. next to me. And if I need to edit stuff on the fly, I'll change the mix levels or whatever and save it on wherever we need to in the show. 
but the ability to be able for Jeff to walk on stage and play wherever he wants, he's kind of, I don't want to say hindered, but limited to where he can be on the stage, uh, even if he's feeling that moment where he needs, not needs, but, you know, he wants to go to the right or to the left of the board. He's stuck there. Right. Because and you're of, going line in. You're not doing uh, no wires. No wires. No wire. right. Everybody on stage is on cable. So, but it it's, he's he's glued to the board. So if, if and when the technology, I, I haven't been able to split EtherCon Two ways. I tried I mean, it. Well, who has? Let's be honest. <laughs> I, I, I literally, I don't think it. I don't think it's possible. I've tried everything. I've tried. I've tried making splitters, and and it and with with the current product, it powers half of two boards. Right. So only half of them will get powered, and and I don't know if it's uh where the the EtherCon's sharing a, a you know sharing a ground that hinders a signal flow. I don't know, but I would like to be able to take. A split off of an EtherCon and or Ethernet and power too, but I don't think either the voltage isn't enough or the processing power being sent isn't quite there yet. But maybe it is, and I'm just unaware. Well, you just used all my processing power, so (laughs) (laughs) nerd power. (laughs) I I will say though, you know, for me as a guitar player, like having a, and I told Drew this when you know we. You know, I wouldn't say like I hired him because I mean, in, I guess in theory I did, but he had be, he had been recommended to me numerous times, mm-hmm. like oh, next time you need you got to Drew Drew, you know. So as soon as it, the, the the opportunity came up, we talked on the phone, and to me, like I'm actually gear savvy. I know I you know I do pretty much all my own programming because it's I got I know. I got to know, like, I want to know how that delay feels against the song sure. and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I need, I, but I really do look at it as a relationship between me and my tech. I want him to go like, hey, that could sound better, or why don't we try it like this? Or right. um, I really like having that. Um, and, and, you know, and, you know, you got to have someone that understands, like, what I'm trying to do in the first place. And, I mean, I think it'd be shocking to people because, you know, and it's not to get too deep into it, but when you're, when you're using like a digital, um, a, a device like Helix, you have a lot of flexibility, which is great. So you can cut, cause you're kind of dealing with virtual pedal boards that can change every time. And so sometimes I'll come up with new combinations of things like during the show mm. and I'll just look at Drew and go like this, which uh, if you can't see, cause I'm, but I'm like <laughs> pointing. <laughs> and and I'm po- I, I point my finger, which means hit the save button. And so, oh, so for the next yeah. show, it'll remember that that's how I want. Cause I'm like, mm. I like this combination, hit the save button right now. I and thought so, you were seeing, I, I was trying to no, so, pointing like <laughs> no, no, no. He knows that that means hit the save button, and so when we call up that, that pre, call up that preset the next show, it'll be that combination. Right. So it's always kind of evolving. Oh, that's that cool. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun. I have one last question that um, is not like some this is like the longest. Drop. This is the longest episode you've ever had. Probably no. A week ago, there'll be long far time. less editing. We'll on just this have one. to be on again. That's all. Um, I- I'm curious to know, like I know for many players out there who like you, you, you set up in your in your home and you got your home board and everything and you start playing. You're like, this is the sound I like, and you get used to that, right? And you and you you dial it all in, and then you go to your practice base. 
or the show and it sounds totally different. <laughs> what I'm curious to know is when you are dialing your own sound in, in, in practice and then you have to say, oh, okay, cool. This will or will not sound exactly the same at like Madison Square Gardens. Like how much of a difference is there between that? Not as much because we're kind of in a closed environment. Like I said, all the cabinets are in ISO cabs. Right. So that's the same. Okay. We're on in-ears. So it's like the it mics are true. The mics are in the same position every every show. Uh, I mean, on the speaker, mm-hmm. you know, are theoretically they're supposed to be. But, you know, Drew, right. that's Drew's job to make mm-hmm. sure that they are. And they, they are. I mean, I, we haven't, I haven't complained once. So I haven't noticed. Yeah. Um, so it's the only difference that you get sonically is. Um, you do get room ambi- ambience that's collecting the drum mics. Right. And so when you're playing, sound is reverberating off the walls and getting picked up in the vocal. And so if you hear any difference from night to night, it's like what that actual room sounds like. Right. But for the most part, I mean, we don't touch the guitar EQ, I mean, very little. Okay. I mean, or well, he doesn't, yeah, or, 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 or maybe, or maybe stuff, he does, and he just know. doesn't tell me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> which, 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 which could be true as well. <laughs> and then I go, I knew something was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. His phone. So if you do take out your, your, your no, but it's funny. It, it, it's funny because you know sometimes. You know, every guitar player wants to think like, oh, I got good ears. I can hear. I can hear stuff that's going on and. You know, there was a couple of shows where usually if my guitar sounds different, I'll let it go for one show because it's just the room, whatever. I don't start. You have to if if and then but if it's two days in a row, then I'll be like, okay, maybe something's weird because I think if you start reacting too much, um, that's another thing that I actually learned from um, my teacher Tony is that like just. Just play, man. Just like like we've worked hard on the sounds, but you can't get super tweaked. Like you got at some point, just play, you know. Yeah. And then if, because, and so I'll just kind of like you should know like the timings, the rhythms, where how the song's supposed to go. Yeah. Like just kind of play through it. But there was a there was a couple of shows where I'm like, I don't know, like my guitar, like my, my rig sounds totally different now. Like not totally different, but enough to where it's bothering me. And and I asked him about it, and it was because he started plugging it into a different voltage thing. And so like the voltage had changed like one or two. More than I can. Oh, he'll explain. But <laughs> but you can hear stuff. Like yeah, that. You, you can hear that. Um, I think specifically with with tube amps. Um, yeah. We were on a voltage regulator that's pro- provided by our the audio company, and and relatively it. it wavers between five volts so i'm supposed to get 120 on the rig plus or plus or minus five on any given day and i noticed that consistently the voltage regulator was giving me low power so i was roughly 115 or 116 when we start the night but when the pa's on and everything's going the sound system is full blast and you know everything's getting pushed really hard all the amps and stuff um I was dropping down to 
below 114 and I wasn't I wasn't happy with that and uh, specifically for the gear itself but because of the tones that Jeff was talking about uh, lower voltage the amps got squishy they got soft the attack was gone and uh, he had me brighten up the power amp to compensate for that and um, on, I keep my keep my multimeter plugged into his rig all night so I can monitor true voltage RMS uh, we use Furman's in the rig which gives me you know a visible uh, visual concept of where the power is, but to know for sure, you have to have a meter. It's because we have the LED version, and, and oops, and uh, it's uh, uh, you know it's it, it's rough for plus or minus. Yeah, so he's got a he's pulled out a multimeter Jared out of his pocket. So. <laughs> I'm a pickup but guy, man. You gotta have too. One. Yeah, <laughs> but but we do monitor it, and believe it or not, it it does make a difference, and it was enough to where it bothered him. So unbeknownst to him, I did put it into a different power source. I asked them to send me house power from the straight from the venue, bypass all the regulators, and I was getting 119. Wow. So at that point, we went two shows because I'll take the blame on this. I did forget to roll the presence back down on the power amp, and for two shows, it was bright. But it was bright in a good way and a bad way. Um, yeah. I needed the brightness, but because I had turned up I, I mean, it was so it was subtle. It was and oh so bright. Oh so shiny and bright. <laughs> yeah. It was not even one click of a of a, a knob on the presence, but it was enough to, with the three guitar players, it was enough yeah. to notice that to it was bothers. too biting. Yeah, um, James specifically, ninety percent of the show plays the Les Pauls in the middle position. Uh, really? So wow. That that is his tone so and then billy has like jeff was saying a scoop mid tone and jeff has this powerful mid tone and then with too much brightness on it it was on the verge of being brash where it cut too much yeah so i could hear his guitar way too much in the mix and i specifically have jeff's in-ear mix um uh because I got used to it, one, a lot of techs will get their own mix to hear things that they want to hear, but I just decided to keep his mix because I could hear the same things he was hearing or not hear the same things he wasn't hearing, you know? So um, with keeping his exact mix, when something is wrong or different, he's like, did you hear that? I was like, yes or no. Like, you know, no, it sounds fine. Or yes, I heard that. Uh, so I can be on the same page when it comes to it. It helps me out to help him out. Um, when he's hearing something strange, I can hear the same thing. And, and you do hear it when you get used to something, hearing this you know, 21 shows in or 22 shows in, sure. you, you hear the same things. Yes, yeah, so you can really pick up when something does change. Yeah. Right, yeah. and and I, I did hear it, and I, and I told, and like I said, I will take the blame. It was one click on a, on a presence knob that I didn't turn down when I switched voltage, um, forgetting that right. two shows ago. I know, well, I'm, I'm getting the fingers over here, yeah. everybody. Oh, Jeez, oh man. Uh, did he well, say don't save that? one <laughs> yeah I, I erased that yeah. one we're good yeah. man uh dudes wow. i'm so stoked that you have shared so much i have so many more questions but again we'll just have to save that for another yeah time. i mean you know i'm always game to be on this right on, on this yeah i appreciate it on this show um all right we are going to start wrapping things up here okay gentlemen it is time for would you rather <laughs> all right okay this week would you rather you have an opportunity to play with your favorite band of all time Ooh. so all right. your childhood grow up i want to be in that band i i gotta be one of those guys or your later favorite band of all time 
Whatever. Yeah. So you're with that band, right? Right. There's no fires or car crashes or no. sales <laughs> or anything. Okay. N- nothing nuts. Okay. So you're you walk up on stage and they say, Okay. Gump, 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 here you go. You have two choices <clears throat> as far as guitars go. Okay. So you, and you can play the song with us. All right. Are you gonna choose? Oh yeah. man. <laughs> Actually it's not bad. Get to it. Get to it. You have a Gibson Les Paul custom uh-huh. white. How many pickups? Two. Okay. Okay. And it's it's a it's a seventies. Okay. It's creamed out, you know, it's nice. Randy Rhodes, Randy Rhodes. Randy Rhodes, yeah. Oh, that's right, a great go. Does great it come choice. with a back okay. brace? All right. Oh, it my should. God. It should, right? Tony, let him do or it. what you don't need a back brace for, uh-huh. are you gonna choose the nineteen fifty two Blackguard Telecaster? Well Okay. Let's just assume that each song would be the song that you're gonna do is right for each guitar. I guess. Yeah, sure. Yes. Okay. So Which it's one just, are you going to pick up? Okay. Let's All right. make it simple. All right. Drew, what are you doing? Well, I'm going to have to choose the Les Paul. Um, I I know you, no one can see it, but I have a Les Paul tattooed on my arm. It's <laughs> kind of my thing. It's yeah. green. Um, I collect them. So, uh, yeah, I have a green 58 or 68 custom. Nice. Oh, cool. um, original green. And, uh, yeah. What? It's, yeah, it's... Very rare. Wow. Very rare. All right. And but I would choose Les Paul because that but I'd have to switch out the pickups for P nineties. <laughs> <laughs> P ninety guy. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't blame well, you. Well, wait a second. But who's, well, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I need to know what's your man what's your who are you Oh yeah, with? say with who am I band? playing with? In what song? Oh, oh that's not fair though. That's <laughs> yeah, come that's on. not fair. Because that's easily yeah, I need to know if you why you chose that guitar. Yeah. Uh, well, can I think about that one? Can you tell your guitar and then I'll come back to that? Okay. Yeah. I am. You, yeah, you, this is Jeff. Yeah. I'm playing these, definitely the 70s Les Paul Custom. Um, as a t- I'm playing with Judas Priest. <laughs> yes! <laughs> and we're, yeah! Well, no, we're playing vic- Victim of Changes. Oh, Victim geez. of Changes. <laughs> so There's the Telecaster definitely song. is an is a inappropriate guitar for that band. Yes, that is a great song. <laughs> All right. I still need more time. Oh, it's coming to me? Go to Tony. I'm going with the Telecaster. Not only because it's Leo Fender's birthday. Right. Oh, but it's. I think I, I still believe that the Telecaster is probably the most versatile instrument ever played. I mean, there's country cats play them, jazz cats play them. Right. right everybody plays Preach it, baby. I, I would agree. It's, 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 a, it's a great yeah. desert island I mean, guitar. To, to, to get one thing yeah, it is, right it is. the first time, and it's yeah. changed very little over okay. the years. And I will be playing Blitzkrieg Bop with the Ramones. Oh, that's fun. Hey, all right. <laughs> that's appropriate. I love it. Okay. Oh, man. Who am I going to play this with? Dude, how, why is that even a question? I know exactly what you're going to say. Well, but go ahead. But I'm everybody sorry. else doesn't. Okay. 20 years ago when I had a better back, I'm, I'm <laughs> no, definitely going to. this doesn't come into play. Just it's, right. This is fantasy. fantasy, baby. Fantasy. Okay. Perfect health. I'm going to pick up the white Les Paul. And I'm going to play... America with Kansas. Oh yeah, I love okay. Kansas. I'm, I've been into Kansas for no, it's a, it's a I fun. Have been <laughs> to an hour of Kansas driving home no. from Tennessee. And it was I can't help it. I'm just an experience. They've captured my brain. I, I don't yes, know how to did. explain. They it. did that. They did the old Kansas. But all right, I uh, now originally. Uh, so I've got I've got the Telecaster wiring on my arm. Uh, so I would say Telecaster. However, 
because of the uh, if it was just the two, I would pick the Telecaster. But because you said it was you know favorite band ever, you played the song. I'm doing Rock and Roll Star with Oasis at Nebworth with the Les Paul. No way! Wow, yep. that's what I'm doing. That's an unexpected choice. Is it? It is. It's, well, it's, not the Oasis. Because you thought I was going to say The Clash or something? Yeah, yeah. I figured it would be a Clash yeah. song. I mean, it's, it's a toss-up, but I'm like, hey, if I get to do one song at, like, 100,000 people, are you kidding me? Do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Do it. Well, when you're playing, it'll be down to about five. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Drew's not off the hook. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. So uh, send me your $20 bills again for this one, but um, I, it's still less, Paul. If you say Smash Mouth, I'm going to roll you right out uh, of here. No, I'd roll myself out first, <laughs> and I'd send myself a $20 bill. No, I, to, to even throw it even weirder, I would have to still play the Les Paul with Tom Petty oh, on, oh, yeah. on It's oh, Good to Be King. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. Because what a great one. One of my favorite Tom Petty songs, but I would like to hear it with a Les Paul. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, well, with P90s, yeah. Well, you know, is there any other choice? Just kidding. <laughs> no, he said custom. Excellent. I would still play the custom and then, you know. Uh, hey, switch it that, up. That's what I would do. Just go get with a router. 1950s customs when that's all that came with is P90s. Okay, gentlemen, we are going to wrap this puppy up um tony yes let's just do this let's just do it yeah so there's at this point in the show we're gonna thank some people and these would be our executive producers thank Correct. you and you say what who's this list what are what are these executive you're producers? about to read it real quick i'm gonna read this list of the pr- fine executive folks producers. the fine folks at bitburger <laughs> yes the fine folks at bitburger no 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 then we'll make them an honorary executive producer but uh, if you go to patreon.com forward, forward slash, slash the guitar, the guitar knobs. knobs, you can find out at all the different levels that you can, can become a patron. Mm-hmm. And you get great gifts for becoming a patron. And the ultimate gift is when you become an executive producer. <laughs> and you get your name read on the thing. Thank you. So without further ado, yeah, to Todd. I love these names. I would like to read these names from newest to youngest. Yes. That would be Doug Gann, Brad Partridge, Michael Van Zant, Doug Grist, Zach J. Wright, Gary Goodman, and Son Beckett. Woohoo! <laughs> Darren Gregory, Robert Marfleet, John Anglin, Chris Kearney, Sean S. <laughs> Oliver Gonzalez, John Daly, Robin Smith, Derek Fitzer, Pete Marshall, Carlos Mancha, Matt Brammer, David Wolfson, Martin Cliff. And as always, Tom Barazin. Tom Barazin. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Tom. Thank you, guys, so much for <laughs> contributing to our show. You keep it going. We it, it it impacts our show so greatly at all levels. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, please do everything you can to go out and see the Who, not the Who, but the, the Who Smashing <laughs> Pumpkins. Yeah, Smashing Pumpkins. See yes. Jeff and Drew giving it large ones on so yeah. stage. Stage right. Stage right. Stage right. There you go. Stage right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And uh, I don't even know what's it. Well, it's actually stage left. <laughs> no, it's stage right. From our point of view. No, that's that's where you exit. House left. <laughs> house left. Yeah. See, that's house how much stage I know. right. Stage yeah. right. House left. Right. Okay. So, anyways, if you. <laughs> 
Oh boy. Uh, yes, get out and see the show. It is. Yes. Come on, slamming. Todd. Keep it going. Keep it going. We gotta go to dinner. Come on. Keep it going. He's lying. He hasn't actually. We're taping this the day before the show. He hasn't actually seen it yet. I I haven't seen the show, but I've seen pictures of the show. Everything I've heard. Come on, man. We grew up with. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So, uh, hey, everybody. Thank you so much, Jeff. Drew, thank you guys so no, much. Thank yeah. you. Thanks. Honestly, it, it, I mean, we're honored. Better than sitting in my hotel room. Awesome. Woo-hoo. Thank you. All right, everybody. Uh, have an awesome guitar week. Subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.